0: tuesday everyone and welcome to a new episode of the good old podcast i'm jackie french Julie for wahoo's 24 7 and just like i teased on our wahoo's 24 7 message boards this is going to be a big recruiting focused episode not only are we touching base on what's going on around the virginia football program but we also bring in eric bossy discuss the Virginia basketball program since they not only picked up a big commitment in Blake Buchanan during the 4th of July weekend, but they also are on the road evaluating players and they could be, they could be getting another commitment. However, that one's too close to call and it could be that things aren't looking as great as the decision near. So we're going to ask Bossy his thoughts on Milan Mosilovich's recruiting and where he thinks everything stands. But before we bring Eric on the show. We're gonna bring someone who's familiar. We're gonna bring Brian down back to the show. So Brian, thank you so much for joining us this week.
1: Oh, if it's a happy Tuesday, I'm all for it.
0: (laughs) Well, Brian, it's a happy Tuesday because next week I am on vacation.
1: (laughs) Hey, my vacation is about 10 days away. And as is the custom, I will be going to a place that has very little cell phone reception
0: unfortunately, I will still have cell phone reception. I just can't promise you that I will have my cell phone with me. So don't bother me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, I'm, I'm sticking to the fact that I get no reception. I'll leave it at that.
0: Let, 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 let's get back to work here, Brian. We still have to work here before our respective vacations. So last time we spoke and you were on the show, Tony Elliott was really starting as the head coach of Virginia. It was just after national signing day. They couldn't really grade that class just because it was so, they had to really put it together really quickly. Now they have a lot of focus in state. They've been out on the recruiting trail. What are your initial impressions and thoughts of how the staff has approached, especially in state, They were able to get a a couple of commitments in state as well. So what is your first impression?
1: Well, I I think for me, it's just a, you know, it's not the easiest time to put a class together just because of, you know, they they got hired so late and then hiring the staff late back in December and January really puts things behind and they've they've tried hard to catch up and, and catch up to, you know, all the other schools had gotten head starts, and it's not the easiest thing to do in this day and age, where kids are trying to make decisions in April, May, and then June is your big official visit weekend. Um, like, like I said, I, I think you know, for me, you want to see a, a maybe a few more of the in-state kids, you know, maybe getting to the finish line with them or getting close to the finish line. But I think when you're When you're really looking at UVA, you want to see what develops in the 24 class and and see how those relationships go. Listen, you can recruit wherever you want, and UVA does have some national pull just because of the academics, Um, you know. And and so you can always do that, but I don't care who you are. If you're Virginia, if you're Ohio State, if you're Alabama, if you're Florida International, you have to take care of the – kids near you near your campus it's just the way recruiting works and so i I like to see them have a little bit more success there
0: so currently tony elliott and virginia have a handful of in-state commitments in the 2023 class and i think we can agree on this brian that cameron robinson choosing virginia over virginia tech just before the fourth of July weekend was a huge win for Elliott and the Cavaliers. Kudos to linebackers coach Clint Sentium, who was the head recruiter in that instance. Robinson is a great player, probably underrated just because of the circumstances where he is a multi-sport athlete and couldn't get a whole, couldn't go to camps as much. But Brian, this this was a big win for UVA, who's trying to cement himself as an in-state player.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's a huge win because not only did you get a really good player, but you beat a rival for him for an in-state kid. So there's a lot of things to like about that. I think Cameron Robinson, you know, after he committed, him and I were texting about some things just in terms of, you know, he's a, you know, curious on, on what he can do to kind of get his ranking up, what we're looking for. Um, but, you know, you love his – multi-sport profile of football basketball baseball he's a really good athlete Uh, has success all over the field playing in high school and and i think those are the types of things that you want to see virginia win those battles listen it's tough it's going to be tough to to always compete with some of the blue bloods like with alex birchmeyer going to penn state That's always going to be hard. I'm not saying you can't do it because you go back to the Mike London days. And I was just speaking with somebody at a camp in Pittsburgh about this over the weekend. You know, Quinn Blanding was was at UVA. and wasn't Andrew Brown was another one, I believe, if I'm remembering that right. So they can get the high-level players. But right now, with the climate of college football, with NIL being so important with a lot of schools, I think when you get a kid like Cameron Robinson, you get him – great win, you develop them, and that's how you take the next step in recruiting over over time. And, and so if I'm UVA, I'd be really excited about the many different meanings behind getting his commitment.
0: Now, everything has not been just sunshine and rainbows. And obviously people remember the loss of Samaj Turner in this class. Duke beat up Virginia for the defensive lineman out of North Carolina. It was a pretty close recruitment with Virginia leading A lot of it until that last official to Duke and the Blue Devils did a good job on that official visit to secure that pledge. But at the same time, Downing did a good job of sealing the deal with Highland Springs defensive lineman Miles Green really early in the summer, and then he did a good job of securing the commitment of Woodbury Forest defensive lineman Ronnie Laura. So two big wins for Downing and the Cavaliers in their mind. These are two targets that they were really high on early so although they missed out on turner it they weren't settling for these two these are two top targets when you look at where they're coming from you've got green coming from highland springs and you've got laura coming from woodbury forest obviously we know w- woodbury forest isn't far from charlottesville grounds and obviously you want to keep that pipeline but you also want to get into the 804. You want to get into Richmond and getting a guy from Highland Springs and cementing that relationship early is also crucial. So Brian, how big was it to get commits in those two programs? Obviously we know about Woodbury Forge's lineage to Virginia, but also Highland Springs because Virginia hasn't really done a good job in that program to lure those athletes to UVA.
1: Define good job. (laughs) Any job. Um, Yeah. I mean, Highland Springs always has kids, right? There's there's always those schools and states that you say, okay, they're always going to have them. And, and Highland Springs is that. So getting miles green is important because there's some younger kids involved there. Um, and, and they're always going to have kids. You're right. As far as getting Rodney Laura out of Woodbury Forest, I mean, that, that's that's kind of the UVA profile for a kid, right? Uh, really good academic school. Places a high premium on academics as well as football. Woodbury Forest can play some really good football. Uh, to me, those are, that's an important commitment there with Rodney Laura. And yeah, he's a New Jersey kid, but obviously living away from home isn't a big deal considering you know he boards at Woodbury. And I just think if you're UVA, it's great that you got Cameron Robinson out of a school that we've never heard of before cameron robinson and i'm not sure when we'll hear about it again but also you go back and you you mentioned highland springs and woodbury forest which are staples and we'll see can can uva have success at richmond collegiate can they have success at life christian um places like that where they're always developing players
0: so as of right now virginia has just under a dozen commits at 11 So, and I don't think this is going to be a big class. We keep hearing about 15, 16 players. So, uh, and that's as of taping. So, just to be completely transparent, Brian and I are taping this show on Sunday night.
1: Didn't I I already wish everybody a happy Tuesday?
0: (laughs) Yes, Brian, but we live in the multiverse, and uh, we're living in different time periods at the same time.
1: Am I Doc Brown, and you're... Who, who are you, Marty McFly? I, I, don't, I don't understand about going, you know, Back to the Future and all that stuff.
0: See, so you're referring to Back to the Future. Great movie, great, great movie, great movie, classic. Um, Well, great movies. But we're talking about the Marvel multiverse. No, no but- I know the
1: multiverse. I took my kids to see the Spider-Man movie and my head hurt because it made me think too much. But anyway, go ahead.
0: My Next time we see each other, I'll bring some comic books and, and I'll, I'll break down the multiverse for you. So it doesn't hurt your head as much.
1: In uni- those universes, does Chelsea win titles again or no?
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're going to go back to the other football. Although if you want to go back in time and see Liverpool lose the English Premier League one more time, we can certainly make that happen, Brian. (laughs) Anyway, so so we're just going to keep moving forward and we're going to stick with college recruiting. Deshaun Stone and Taylor Coleman are two guys that I feel like we need to keep an eye out moving forward. Um, Obviously, if you're a subscriber to us 24-7, you know I feel good about where Virginia stands with both of them. Brian, when you look at the current landscape of who's out there, who's available, who's Virginia recruiting, who do you think could be next to pull the trigger?
1: Well, do I get to pick Coleman considering, I think he told me he's announcing July 30th or does it want to be sooner? I mean, I think stone is another guy to keep an eye on. I think you're right on it, but I know you were mentioned before with the 11 commits and I'm, I'm curious to see how far they go with this stuff with bringing kids in because two things are at work. And I know sometimes I go on a tangent and this is one, but two things are at work when we're looking at these classes and the class sizes, you know, with the NCA doing away with the initials, it's easy to take a lot of kids and then just figure out a way to get down to 85 by the start of training camp. Um, and I think that's something to keep an eye on. And then I do think um, again, UVA has a chance to be active in the portal in this class after the season when it comes to the offensive line. But, I mean, yeah, Coleman and Stone are the two guys that are on high alert for me right now.
0: Uh, Brian, I think we've covered a little bit on this, um, not quite in detail, so I want to kind of bring it back. Usually when there's a new coach, you have a bump in your recruiting. You usually see a little bit more excitement around a program I don't know if we quite see that yet with the Cavaliers. I don't. I don't. I think we have some level of We have some level of intrigue. We've seen some big visitors come on grounds, but to be fair, Virginia was never going to get Arch Manning. So you're looking at you know the the, the middle tier guys, though those guys. You want those high three stars, possibly low four stars. Those are the guys that you want to intrigue to your program. What do you think this needs? This staff needs to do? to take the next step and get those guys or just at least take the next step in their recruiting process?
1: Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I know when Tony Elliott got the job, it was great because in speaking with a lot of the kids, especially the in-state, <clears throat> in-state kids, they talked about just how great it was that they're always talking to Tony Elliott. And that was an excitement that you didn't have with Brock O'Mendenhall. And that's fine. Um, But with that, the connection still needs to take place. And I don't know if, and it's not Tony Elliott, it's kind of everyone, was that connection taking place? um, And so when kids were leaving campus, Overall, was there the huge excitement and push that you would normally get as as your first class and, and as you were selling your vision for the program? I didn't feel like it resonated with all the kids. It, it resonated with some, um, but it didn't resonate with all. And so I think just fine-tuning how you do things, fine-tuning you know what you're doing on visits whether it's officials or unofficials That stuff that all gets worked out and, and i'm not too worried about it because tony obviously is obviously a smart guy and it's he's a first-time head coach so there's going to be some things where you're always going to change things after the the first go through
0: it's like how we talked about early on. It's really about that 2024 class, 2025 class. That's when you can really start evaluating um, how they're doing on the recruiting trail, right?
1: I agree with that because let's be honest. I mean, we've seen it and you're going to see it a bunch now where you have these, you know, classes get a, you know, first time through, you know, your first class is always really, you you, you want it to be better because the shiny new car look and all that stuff. But it's great to have a, a, you know, that first class to where you're, you're knocking out of the park, but we're, it's about longevity, man. This isn't basketball where you bring in two kids and it makes a huge difference. You have to build an entire roster, and you look at what UVA has to do in terms of what they just have to accomplish with offensive line depth with what they lost after the last season. I mean, this isn't something you're going to sit here and go, Geez, he's not having success, or yes, he is having success. This is going to go on for a few years before you can really see the direction it's going.
0: You're telling me it's not it doesn't happen overnight, Brian. It doesn't have a magic wand and everything <laughs> kind of works out.
1: Well, it's funny how that works, but you know, in this day and age where everything's now, 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 and you see it with administrations who want to give coaches two years or three years i mean listen i go back i'm old and so i go back and i can remember when virginia tech wanted frank beamer out and all the fans were going crazy to get frank beamer out because he didn't go to a bowl game in the first five years or whatever it was and it turned out okay that they were patient with them you know if if you're tony elliott you know, you have a lot that you have to rebuild. I mean, if you don't have an offensive line, football is a pretty tough game on offense. And I, I'm curious to see what they're going to have this year. And, and But what they're going to be able to sell to the 24s and 25s is a better understanding of playing time. But also, they're going to be able to sell to them about the path and, and what they've seen throughout a season and improvement you know from game one to the last game regardless of what the record is and if they don't you know if you don't see that improvement then it's like hey we got to get new players in look how quick you can play so there's a lot to get worked out which is why i really don't get too caught up in in the first you know recruiting class of a coach
0: yeah they'll be able to talk football a little bit more on these visits um rather than the hypotheticals they can go over game film they can show uh how, you know, Jameer Carter could develop on the defensive line. They have actual tangibles to discuss, so.
1: Yeah, with that question, and, and the thing is, Jackie, it's like you know, for some kids, that's what they want to talk about. They, that's all they want to talk about is football. Um, that You know, they're going to live and breathe, and that's good, and maybe the parents want to know a little bit more about the academics. And Then you have other kids who want to hear more about academics and job placement and NIL, whatever. The, the key is you can't. Every kid is different. And when you when you treat them the same, then you're not going to have success. You have to vary it to each particular kid and understanding who they are. And, and again, with the, with the coaching staff, I know, you know there's some of them that, you know, came. you and I have spoken on the phone about it, you know, have used to recruiting maybe at the academies where it's a little different where you can recruit year round and you can go meet with kids in schools when it's a dead period for others and you can't, you know, others can't contact it just the way it is with the academies. And and so there's, there's a lot of learning curves going on in this. and And that's what I'm really curious about as we look forward.
0: Yeah. You know, that, that's something that, I've heard from recruits or or just generally when I think of UVA and I think of Duke and I think of Wake Forest, I think of Stanford, I think of Vanderbilt. These are programs that people know that they're high academic institutions. So when you're recruiting these athletes, they they know what to expect academically. You might want to you know, show off your, your what tutoring is offering, what further support you are so that um, you can see what type what type of help you're going to get. If, you know, you have so much stuff on your plate, this is your academic support. This is your football support. It kind of paint a bigger picture. You know, how Georgia Tech did with uh, with uh, Cruz during their official visit, they showed a lot of um, academic support initiatives that they do for athletes. And Virginia does the same on their visit, showing the academic side. And sometimes that's that's some of the main focus is saying that this is not a four decisions, 40 year decision. The academic side. But one of the things that I've heard, and this kind of plays in the role why there hasn't been a coaching bump yet, is Tony Elliott being a first-time head coach. A lot of recruits in our conversations have said that they want to see the football product. Um, I think a lot of people, I I think, you know, when you talk to them, uh, they forget that, yes, UVA is high academics, but they already know that. That is something that kids know, parents know. And, yes, you sell that in your program during your, that's your sales pitch, I guess, if you want to say a recruiting pitch. But they still want to see the football side. That is something that they want, and that's something that recruiting has told me when we do interviews. When they're saying like, "This is what I want to see on visits. I want to see uh, the depth chart. I want to see what they what their scheme looks like." Um, and a lot of that will be answered, you know, in the fall. That that's why a lot of the stuff I think a lot of the questions these recruits ask is there because you can talk about your vision, but they sometimes don't get a clear idea of the vision by just speaking about it. I'm talking about the football side of things. So I think that's something that some recruits, and not all of them, not all of them, but at least some recruits that I'm speaking of are, are waiting on. So I guess that, that's that's a lot we've covered there, Brian. So Brian, I really appreciate you coming on the show this week.
1: Hey, my pleasure as always, Jackie.
0: And again, thanks again for for Brian for joining us. It's nice to have a different perspective. Brian covers a, a lot of different regions. He talks to coaches not only in the state of Virginia, but he also talks to high school coaches in New Jersey covers coaches in Maryland covers coaches in North Carolina, South Carolina. Those are the areas that Virginia is trying to recruit. Um, because again, you talk about in-state recruiting, sure. But you also want to make sure you're covered in that area where it's drivable. You're still recruiting guys that are in driving range. Um, those are the guys they still want. Obviously you're not going to negate guys farther away, but it's, the area that you want, that six hour radius is guys that you also want to recruit. And obviously there's a lot of connections to these States with these coaches that are currently on ground. So thanks for Brian, but we're not done. Like I said, we are still going to talk Virginia basketball recruiting, and we're going to have national basketball director from 24/7 sports, Eric bossy on the show. So hold up. We're going to talk Blake Buchanan. We're going to talk Milan mom, we're talking about guards who is trending to Virginia. Who isn't all that after the break. Welcome back to the good old podcast. I'm Jackie Franchilli for Wahoos 24-7, and we have a special guest. Like I promised, we have some basketball recruiting tidbits on the show this week. We invite National Basketball Director Eric Bossy. Eric, thanks so much for joining us this week.
2: No, I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: You know, we can't start this conversation without bringing up a huge win for Virginia head coach Tony Bennett and his staff with Blake Buchanan committing last week a top 150 player. What type of athlete does Bennett get? You've watched him here in the last few weeks. How would you describe his biggest asset to the game?
2: Yeah. So Blake is a guy that I've gotten a chance to watch quite a bit here over the last couple of weeks. And I think, I don't know if there's any one particular thing that I point to that like, yeah, this is what would get me most excited about him. It's it's the entire package that he brings to the table. Um, He's gonna have very good size for the a c c he's he's pushing six foot ten he's got good shoulders, long arms he's probably already about two hundred and fifteen pounds. I would bet by the time they get him there for a summer and stuff like that they can have him up to two thirty five or so um so he's got the size he's a good athlete he's not a guy who's gonna wow you with his vertical pop, but he gets off the floor quickly and the thing that he can really do is he can run and he can catch, which is Very important as a big man. So he's got those things to work with. He's got some low post game. He's got some touch. He doesn't shoot a lot of jumpers just yet. But the few times he does step out and do some pick and pop type things, the shot looks good. And it's something that I think is is a big area where he can really develop once he gets on campus.
0: And with Blake in the class, obviously the conversation goes, who could be next to commit to Tony Bennett? One name that could be making a decision relatively soon is Milan Mamisilovic. With him, it seems like the battle has always been Iowa State and Virginia have always been mentioned. Playing far from home distance could be a factor in this recruitment. You know, this one seemed like it was Iowa State for a while. Virginia kind of came back last week. It seemed like there was a lot more noise around the Cavaliers. Where do you think this recruitment stands right now?
2: Yeah, and we've got UCLA in there, too. Um, and then he popped in that visit to Michigan State. But at least I was in Kansas City last week, well, hometown, but the UIVL was in Kansas City over the weekend. And just from talking around to coaches and and different people associated with things, it kind of sounded like at least as he nears the decision that Iowa State may have pulled slightly ahead. I do think that it's not just distance, but I also think uh, TJ Otzelberger and his staff were probably – on him a little bit ahead of some others and really have been really aggressive with him for quite some time now. Does that mean it's fully done with Iowa State just yet. Um, I'm not 100% certain but it does seem to be at least based off the latest information that, that I was given over the weekend that it could be heading towards aims for for Milan
0: yeah, Virginia has been trying to um, kind of make some ground there. And it seemed like it was getting close there. But um, obviously, we'll keep an eye on that. The decision is expected here relatively soon. I think probably within a week or at least by the end of the month. And the next guy who Virginia is, has been keeping an eye on, who's been blowing up recently with some great performances, is TJ Power. He took an official visit. It seemed like Virginia was sitting well. But now things have opened up in his recruitment. What kind of stands out about him right now as far as where things stand?
2: Um, wow. Yeah. Talk about a guy who really took off. I mean, he's, it's been building. It's just been a matter of coaches really getting to see him in person more versus what we saw from him in the spring. But TJ, what, what's not to like with him? He's, he's every bit of six foot eight, he's one of the best jump shooters in the country. He can, he can handle the ball. He's got positional versatility. He's a, a very good passer. And, and above all that, the dude is just tough. Like tough as nails. Um, add in that he wants to play baseball too. Um, and you've got a you've got a wrinkle. He's a he's a lefty pitcher, even though he plays basketball, you know, dominant right hand. Uh, you know, Tony Bennett was following him around. He's got Notre Dame, he's already been to. Boston College, he's very familiar with. Uh, there's a lot of family ties there. Um, Iowa, I think, is another one steep there. And it kind of seemed like maybe it was going to be that Iowa, Virginia, with a little bit of Boston College and Notre Dame type deal. But now you've got Kansas is offered. North Carolina is offered. Um, you know, Duke is starting to sniff around. UCLA is offered. So from talking to him over the weekend, I think he's kind of – intrigued by some of these new offers and, and wants to kind of check them out now virginia is in very good shape with him and is definitely going to be right there with him till the end but you know we, we've got to see what he does when he starts sending these these new round of visits and, and how he approaches things but certainly it's one where i think uh coach tony and the staff were hoping they could maybe get in there and kind of get done before things really took off because i'm pretty sure they saw this coming with them but you know, here we are and it's it's buckle up, it's gonna be a wild ride with TJ Power.
0: You can say the the staff did a great job in the evaluation this period. A lot of the guys they kind of looked at early are now blowing up now during this live period, including TJ. Yeah, this is one that the longer it longer it takes for him to make a decision, it I think it's not to the Virginia's benefit right now. Yeah. But um I think that's the same with a lot of the guard targets that they're after. Um, you know, obviously Jamie Kaiser is trending towards Maryland, um, mm. and Marco Jackson has a few other guys that to making him a priority. But when it comes to guard targets, Elijah Gertrude is one that I really like where Virginia stands. I really like what he can bring. Um, and he's visiting towards the end of the month. So that could be one that Virginia tries to secure really early.
2: Yeah. Um, Elijah Gertrude. I love that kid um not just as a player but just what what a fun personality to talk to and he's a guy that even before the Virginia offer he was really really high on Virginia and and definitely wanted to visit he's he's into the the academic scene at Virginia he's into the culture around Tony Bennett's program you know I talk to kids <laughs> for a living right you do it too and I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I'm pretty good at sniffing out a kid who's just telling you what you want to hear, what they think you want to hear or or trying to sound good. But Gertrude, when I spoke to him, there was no trying to sound good. It was clear he'd done his homework on Virginia and was really, really interested. And when you've got that kind of interest level from a kid, just when you're starting to build a relationship and before you've had him on campus, before you've even offered him, that says a lot about the kind of chance you're going to have with him and Now he's coming down immediately after the summer ends and he's a guy that I I would look for them to be pretty aggressive in trying to lock him down on that visit. You know, he's, he's not from too terribly far away in New Jersey, but (laughs) believe it or not, Virginia is probably about as far as he's going to go away from home barring some, some changes things. You know, he's got a family that's really important to him, you know, extended family likes to come to his games as much as possible. So that will maybe be the biggest mountain to overcome things, but I, I do think that he's a guy that Virginia has a very good chance with. And, and just as him as a player, man, what a fun kid to watch. He's kind of come out of nowhere. He's a little bit young for his class. I think he's either just turned 17 or about to turn 17. Very athletic. He can shoot. Um, you know, we, we moved him into the back end of our top 150 based on some stuff from his junior season and what he did in the spring, but you know, I I don't see him stopping in his climb up the race. Let's put it that way. Like I I could see him eventually being like a top 50, top 75 ish type guy based on what I saw over the weekend and getting him done on a visit would be huge for Virginia.
0: Yeah. uh, Just touching what you said earlier, uh, when I talked to Elijah on the phone, it's really rare that you you talk to somebody who hasn't visited grounds yet and who knows a lot about the university already without even talking to those on on ground. So it's quite remarkable how much you already knew about the program. And he talked about 20 for the program for about 25 minutes, which is a lot for an interview when you're talking about recruiting. So the interest is definitely there. Um, before I let you go, Eric, when you look at this board that Virginia has currently out there, which is who are some of the names that you feel like? they could be close to offering. If you got to look at the broader picture, who are names to watch out for?
2: Oh man. Um, <laughs> you put me on the spot here. I didn't even think to, to research that one. Um, you know, I think they're really committed to seeing what happens with TJ power um, before they move on to, you know, like another, another big wing or, you know, obviously you said that the Jamie Kaiser ship seems to be sailing a little bit. I think they're going to be kind of calculated in what they, what they're doing. Um, it's also going to be interesting because part of closing Blake Buchanan was using the old, hey, if we don't get an answer from you, we're going to have to move on to to other guys now. So I don't think they can get away with that with T.J. Power. They may be able to get away with that with someone like Gertrude, um, but, you know, they're pretty, pretty calculated at this. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to just throw names out there on, on who would be next because I think they're kind of locked in on these guys right now to see what happens with them before really moving on.
0: Yeah, the the one guy that um, I, a source told me that they've been watching is Silas DeMerry. That is uh, one guy that that's just been on the radar, but obviously they haven't offered yet, and they have a couple guys that they're focused on right now, just like you said. So thanks, Eric, yeah, for joining yeah. us and kind of breaking everything down.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks again to both Brian and Eric for joining on the show today. We had a lot to talk about to see where things stand with several of the targets and where things stood with new Virginia football coach Tony Elliott on his first recruiting cycle as a Cavalier head coach. So a lot of great insight on the show this week. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure you stay tuned with us next Tuesday with a new episode of the podcast. Yes, there will be a new episode of the podcast, even though I'm on vacation. And also, if you like what you're hearing, why don't you go ahead and go to Apple and Spotify and rate us and leave us a review. I would be greatly appreciate if you could do that. So... For Brian Dome, Eric Bossy, I'm Jack Franciuli for Wahoos 24 7. And I hope you have a great rest of your week.